0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure
1: Hoops Media. Full Court Press has the latest news and opinions from men's and women's college basketball our hosts are john fanta who calls games all around the country for fox sports and others and kim adams an analyst for fox and espn and a former d1 baller who never saw a three-point opportunity she didn't like if you don't believe me check her twitter
0: page take it away guys welcome to a fresh edition of full core press with fanta and adams kim is out this week i'm john fanta and we are very pleased to be joined by 2016 Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame inductee. He's led the Michigan State Spartans to the 2000 National Championship to eight Final Fours, ten Big Ten titles, six Big Ten Tournament championships. It's the one and only Tom Izzo joining us this week. And, Coach, very pleased to have you with us here tonight. Uh, First and foremost, how was your 4th of July? What were the Izzos up to? Uh Well, John, I got a little beach house about an hour and a half from here out of Lake Michigan, and
1: we went out there and spent a little family time. Uh, My my wife gets out there a lot, but, uh, you know, most summers I'm on the road right now, so uh, I actually got to spend a little time. I figured out what she's been doing out there, so it uh, (laughs) it was a good thing, I
0: guess. For you, Michigan State. When when you think about being at that place as long as you've been, why have you called that place home for as long as you have?
1: Well, you know, when you spend over half your life somewhere, that's uh that's one reason. But you know, it's it's funny. I grew up a Michigan State fan. There was a couple of people from the UP where I went that played football and one played basketball here and you know, most people in our state at the time were Michigan fans and I was always a Michigan State fan and uh And then my best friend, Steve Mariucci, his dad was a boxer here. So, you know, when I'd go over to see Steve, that's all, you know, he talked about was Michigan State. And then I got the break to be here and, you know, I've had chances to leave for other colleges, for NBA. But I just, you know, I love the college. I love the Big Ten. I love the football Saturdays. I love, I I just, I enjoy it here. My wife is uh, one of 10 and eight of them live here. Uh, so it's, uh, it's kind of worked out for us, you know, we've raised our kids here. We, we just, uh, been part of the fabric. And when you start out as a graduate assistant, you've kind of gone all steps, you know, a GA to full-time to associate head coach to head coach. So I've kind of learned where all the bodies are buried and what you do in these jobs. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, Maybe I'm scared to leave. Maybe I'm comfortable enough not to leave. It's whichever way uh, people want to choose it. But it's been good to me, and I appreciate that. uh, Judd Heathcote, my old boss, John, used to say, a good deal is a good deal only when it's a good deal for you and a good deal for me. Well, I think Michigan State's been a good deal for me, and I think I've been a pretty good deal for them. So it's, uh, it's just what old Judd used to say.
0: You talked about Steve Mariucci. What is a tradition, something that is synonymous when you think about your friendship?
1: Oh, man. I mean, there's so many. I started in fourth grade. But when I think about it, it's two guys that don't have to talk every day. And we could pick up if he goes to Europe or if he's in season when he was in football and we missed two or three weeks. We could pick up right where we left off. You know, he's the ultimate friend. He's been through uh, goods and bads with me. I've been through, man, when he got fired from the Lions, I went down there 9 o'clock every night after, you know, I'd have my meetings and that and run down there, sit there, until 4 in the morning, drive back, go back to work at 7. You know, it was, I mean, we, we're we're true friends that, I mean, how can two guys make it to the NFL and, the, you know, the Final Fours from Iron Mountain, Michigan, a place of about seven, 8,000. I mean, it's a, you know, I remember uh, Steve Sable when he was alive. They did a special on Steve and I, and he came up to Iron Mountain, and it was like, uh, you know, wow, you know. <laughs> like, his, the chances of doing that are a lot slimmer. I tell my players all the time. The chance of me being the head coach at Michigan State and Steve with the 49ers are far the best farther fetched than you guys being NBA players and yet <laughs> I get to live my dream every day and so did Mooch.
0: I gotta tell you, Tom, the rest of that fourth grade class, that's some really big shoes to <laughs> fill.
1: Yeah, John, it was it was uh really special, you know, it was uh it was fun and it was uh good guys and you know you ask what would be synonymous with us every year we used to go back up to there and we, we had a big golf outing for our high school and raised a ton of money, built a $2 million building and everything. And But we'd go back to Marquette where we went to school in Northern Michigan. And, uh, you know, when we started out our senior year. I had a scholarship in basketball. He had one in football and, and we bought a trailer and, and then we moved up to a bigger trailer then a double wide. So my life started living in a trailer and, and uh, we're so proud of it. We keep, going back and 35 years later that trailer's still there and we usually go up and introduce ourselves I mean it's it's uh it's one of the fun times the back to reality uh back to where you came from moments
0: really really cool stuff Uh, looking at your program what is life like as a college basketball coach in these unprecedented circumstances
1: You know, I got to admit, my mother uh, was here a couple weeks ago. She just turned ninety-four, and we were talking about, you know, she went, you know, uh, through polio and some of the things early. And she says, "Tom, I've never seen like this. All the wars." She was a nurse too, so she kind of knows the medical side of things. And and I got to admit, John, I, you know, it it would be foolish for me to even try to explain that I've uh, understand what's going on. We've got the pandemic. We've got you know, all that's going on where we don't even know if shaking hands is spreading it or grabbing a doorknob. We don't know, um, you know, once you get it, if it's, I mean, there's so many unknowns in a six month virus that we're just learning about. And then you have the racial injustice and all the things that are going on. And when you're a white basketball coach at the major college and 80% of your, your, your players or your recruits are African American, you know, it's, uh, it's something near and dear to my heart. My wife's Hispanic. So, I mean, everywhere I turn, I, you know, I've got to deal with some of that. And, uh, and I got to admit, I've learned a lot. I've probably made some mistakes in my life, but I've learned a lot. And I think I'm going to be a better person, better coach, better husband, better father, you know, from what I'm learning from my former players. And it's nice when you have Magic Johnson or Gregory Kelser, Steve Smith or Dean Cleaves. uh, You know, you have guys from the, Back a while ago, or you got guys from now that are out there, and um, so I get a lot of good education just by talking and listening. And uh, and I don't think there's any question that uh, what I've come up with, John, is two things: you gotta treat everybody like you want to be treated yourself, but everybody does have to be held accountable too. And uh, and that's the uh, the fine line both ways.
0: What's something that you've taken from a conversation with Magic Johnson?
1: Well, you know, Irvin's uh, been a really good friend of uh, of the program. I mean, he, you know, he played for Judd, of course. And when I was a GA, it was his last summer that he lived in East Lansing because his parents are from here. And comes back to see them. He comes back. I mean, he gave the big pregame meal speech to our team. We were at the Duke game last year. And, uh, you know, he's just been so good. but He's really good. Uh, He follows our team. He follows us. But when he comes, he's not afraid to talk to the players and tell them things. And I I think it's just been a, you know, he stands behind the coach, but yet he, uh, you know, he believes in tough love. He believes in, you know, you you don't get to be who he was if you hadn't been a a worker. I mean, I, I remember here those summer when he'd come back, I mean, the guy worked so hard. He was already a three-time, four-time pro. He was already a, a world champion. And uh, I know this, I learned a lot more from him than he learned from me. But I think I have what I would consider a good relationship with him. Uh, good enough where he invited my wife and I to his 60th birthday party in Paris and I couldn't go because of recruiting. And I've been sleeping on the couch ever since because my wife saw the pictures <laughs> and who was there. Um, I've been in a perpetual doghouse here. So so I told Irvin when I saw him uh, later, you know, when he came home for Thanksgiving, I said, Irvin, I need a favor. He said, what's the favor? I said, can you call my wife and tell her it wasn't my fault? I had a job to do. <laughs> I think he said, hell no. He wanted me to suffer a little bit, but it was great. It, it was awesome.
0: I gotta tell you, I I can't blame your wife.
1: No, and so when I saw some of the people that were there, and I think, and I could have been sitting there with them.
0: Who was there? A yacht with.
1: Oh my God! I mean, every there were actors. There was uh, Pat Riley was there. There were a lot of former pros, but uh, oh man! I mean, Denzel Washington, I think was I think was there that. The number of actors were there were enormous. Of course, my wife was into it more than me, and every night I came home because it was like a five-day affair. And the last one was a yacht. We were there were only hundred people invited on or something, and we were one of them. And I, I, uh, oh, I got a lot of a lot of a lot, a lot of hell over that. I've had to uh, come up with a lot of good Christmas and anniversary presents uh, in the last year to make up for for that because uh, she wasn't real happy with me and. Uh, and if I would have done it over again, I would have sent her over. And, uh, you know, just – I told her, the reason that you live in this house and they get invited to these things is if the coach keeps doing his job and doesn't get fired. She didn't, she didn't think that was real cool at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn to the Spartans. And last week you talked about the fact that your rising senior Xavier Tillman, your rising junior Aaron Henry, uh, that they are in town – and they're going through workouts right now. What's the latest update that you can give on Xavier and Aaron and their status as they still are in that, uh, in those NBA draft waters?
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, it's been so hard with the NBA not knowing what they're doing. There's no combine there, you know, it just got straightened out when the draft was going to be, it's really been hard on these kids and I'm sure hard on the NBA, but it, it really creates a problem because you don't even know who you have. It'll be the end of the summer. I, I,
0: You know, I I think at
1: times both of them think about coming back because with no combine, it's hard to prove yourself. And their status is good, but not great, not guaranteed money yet. Now Xavier has moved up on on some people's draft boards, and so they're just you know trying to figure it out. The good news is they're communicating with me. Their parents are, and I hope it's best for both. I mean, if they could, uh, you know, get drafted at at a pick where they know that it was a good decision. Um, I'd be a hundred percent for them. I, you know, and for the most part I've had a lot of guys that have made good decisions. I've had a couple that have made bad ones and it's really hurt them. And, and uh, you know, for the most part, the NBA is pretty upfront with you on where you are. You know, if you want to take a chance, you always want to bet on yourself, but they do a lot of work to figure out whether you're the 30th pick, the 20th pick, the 40th pick, the 60th pick or not pick. And uh, not that there's an exact science to it, but right now, um, you know, we're just trying to gather information. Um, it's been good, but it's been hard because it's going to be so late, you know, or you half in, you half out. And everybody's got the same problem. So, uh, you know, with the pandemic, the social injustice, this, I promise you one thing, John, I'm going to earn my money this year, uh, whatever that is. And some of that will be cut, I'm sure, before we're done, but i am I'm, I'm going to earn whatever they pay me.
0: Tom, you want what's best for your player. There, there's no mistaking that. Do you think that it's more worth it for Xavier to capitalize on now if his stock has risen, or do you think he could get more out of the one more year with you?
1: Well, it has risen, and yet to to what level? You know, I, I tried to equate it to, um, you know, I don't know about you, John, but you know, I had a few girlfriends in my day, and and some that were. You know, fun to be with, but not all of them would I married. Well, that's what happens with teams, you know. They like a lot of these guys. Who are they going to marry? Who are they going to draft? You know, and, and and I think people say all the time, well, so-and-so likes Xavier. So Are they ready to draft him? Well, no, but – and yet he's he has moved up. I, I, I like this about Xavier. I think he's going to get better, so staying wouldn't be a problem. The negative is if he goes to the – league and he ends up in the g league i just don't i'm just not a big fan of the g league you know i'm I'm really not and i'm not a big fan of big guys it's kind of a guard oriented league i mean that's just my opinion and and uh but i will do whatever i can do this kid has been unbelievable for me he became an academic all-american just an average student coming out of high school he's married with two kids he's i mean he has been the role model of all room if if there was a way I'd give my right arm for him to be a first-round pick where he got guaranteed money and make a good decision, I'd be the happiest guy in America.
0: What would you change to the NBA G League?
1: Well, I, you know, I I, I think we have devalued education so much. I mean, yeah. I think the NFL and the, uh, the college football have, you know, better relationships and – I just don't think that maybe it's our fault. Maybe it's college's fault. You know, I don't think we've done a good enough job with the relationships that we have. We should be working together. I mean, I don't want to call us a farm club, but is there a better farm club than one that's going to take care of its players, help them get more educated, whether they're one year, two years, three years, or four years, you know? And and I, I don't believe that, you know, somebody says, well, if you went to the G League, you'd get there faster. Why? You know? He gets there the fastest if he works. If he's a grinder and he's a worker, you know. But I think there's a lot of good college coaches, and uh, facilities are nice. The travel's nice. Uh, but but maybe the biggest thing, John. You know, they say education is not for everybody. Why not? Why not? No matter what you do, the more educated you are, the better prepared you are for the rest of your life. When the average uh, pro player is playing four years. Um, even in my dumb UP math, that's, that's say, 20 to 24, and they're going to live to 85, 90. Um, you know, that's 65, 70 years of uh, of living that they've got to make sure they're ready for. And I I do I do believe in education. I don't think it's the end-all be-all. I don't think a lot of guys that don't go to college that are very successful, but I think it gives you the best chance and it helps you make better decisions and I think kids are leaving so early that there's a lot more mistakes that people just don't – they talk about LeBron, they don't talk about the kids who lost out. And if you lose out, now you have no degree, no college, and no pro. That makes for a tough life.
0: Let's turn to the former McDonald's All-American, your six-foot-five senior, Joshua Langford, who certainly wants to, to be back for his fifth year of eligibility. Two weeks ago, you said that the ensuing four weeks would be critical for him in his recovery from the stress reaction in his foot. What's the latest update on Joshua?
1: Well, God, I'm happy to say that he's making progress. Now he's been out a year and a half or so, but he's really making progress and uh, with no setbacks right now, you know, and, um, that is the key. And, uh, he had a second surgery on it, and um, I just think that they felt good about the operation. He's felt good about the rehab. I think our doctors and he have done an unbelievable job. And he went through a tough year last year where he was kind of down for him. He's a really good student, a really good kid, and um, but boy, all of a sudden, you know, his dad came up at the last game of the year, and and the surgery had went well, and he was feeling a little better. and. I I thought he was going to be done with basketball. And now I'm thinking that basketball is not only in his future here, but maybe in his future beyond here. If he can just get through the year healthy and, and start moving forward. So I'm really proud of Josh. He's going to work on his masters. It's, it's a great, it'd be one of those great stories if he could Mm -hmm. come back, you know, Um, you know, not, not quite as good as Rudy, but it'd be close.
0: Easy to root for that. That's for sure. Tom, what do you think is the key element to next season and how successful your program will be?
1: Well, I'd say the first and most important is uh, who I, who's on my roster. You right. Know? <laughs> uh, um, you know, if we get everybody back, then we would have lost our point guard, Joshua, I mean, uh, Cassius Winston, who was a big loss.
0: Yep. But we also
1: got a transfer named Joey Hauser, who I think is going to be a phenomenal player. So you know we gotta still find our quarterback, and we've got some candidates, but you know it's going to be a little more unknown, but everybody else with Xavier and Aaron and Gabe, and then uh, of course uh, Joey Hauser and Malik Hall, who started some last year, uh, uh, Julius uh Marble. I mean i we got enough stallions here and uh and even if we lose those two guys, I mean, I think we're going to be good, but if we get everybody back. I think we're going to be maybe really, really, really good.
0: Tom, I look at the Big Ten. I think about Iowa, Wisconsin, along I with you, now. even even Rutgers with what they have coming back. Oh, yeah. What's it. life like in this league right now?
1: Well, I don't want to use a bad word. It sucks if you're one of us because if you're the fans, it's great. But if you're the coach, I mean, last year was brutal. This year, I think, it's going to be more. I think you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think we could get everybody back and be really good and be picked third or fourth in the league. Um, I guess that says a lot about our league right now. Wisconsin's going to have, I think, just about everybody back. Iowa, Franny's done an unbelievable job there, and, and that doesn't include your normal villains. You know, I mean, Michigan should be good. Uh, Maryland will always be good. Rutgers is going to be really good. I think Penn State will still be very good. Indiana and Purdue are never down. Illinois's got a, a decent amount back. You know, I think I've named the whole... Oh, Northwestern's got everybody back, I think. So it uh, sounds like I'm uh Lou holtz in it and saying that, uh, you know, everybody's good. And the problem is, John, I think everybody's good. And uh, we've got a lot of great coaches in this league. The league has just been on a tremendous upswing the last four or five years for sure. Uh, even though we lost some good coaches like Bo Ryan and John Beeline, uh we still have a uh, very good stable of coaches and some very, very good players. And maybe a little different in the Big Ten, you know, we're not getting as many McDonald's one-and-done guys, but that means guys hanging around a little bit and you got some veteran teams which are always more dangerous.
0: Tom, looking a little bit more general at the state of the game as one of the guardians of the game, what do you make of college basketball at the moment?
1: I'm concerned, you know, and, and as you said, I worked for a guy who believed the game of basketball was more important in his life. You know, I'm not sure I'm that crazy, but Chad Heathcote was a, was a truly a guardian. And I've tried to be, I've been on the board for 20 years. I, I, uh, I i you know I appreciate helping everybody i mean i i I love what Judd did and I try to do some of the same things but I am concerned about it the transfer rule the you know the none and done um this portal um excuse me for saying it, but I think it's a joke you know um uh, when when kids don't even have to talk to the head coach before they leave i mean what are we teaching them? know when everybody wants to transfer the minute there's a little bit of adversity what are we teaching them um I wouldn't want my kid in that situation I mean I I don't think every school's for everybody I think kids you know there's a time to transfer if there's a coaching change in that but this you know we got starters I mean the women's program's got all American girls just transferring you know and I mean, nobody's ever happy. I mean, as Jed Heathcote again used to say, every freshman's unhappy. You know, they score 25 points a game in high school, and then all of a sudden they come and score 10 as a freshman. You know, nobody's happy. But, but, uh, the process, we've missed out on the process. And, uh, the process of growing up is, is part of what you go through. And, uh, you know, failing helps success. And, um, I just think we've taken all that away. So I am very concerned about the state of where the game is. Um, and that's why I'm on all these committees to try to help um, change it. You know, I, I really get a kick out of people that think some of these rules are all good. and Freedom to the 18-year-old. Well, I, you know what? I want all my 18-year-olds that are capable of handling things, that have all the freedom they can have. But, um, you know, not everybody can handle that. And I've been saying, I think it's hurting the kids. I'm going to survive because if I don't fail here, I'll get another job. I'm going to survive. But kids only get you know one chance to go through. And uh, so those are my concerns. How's that for being as upfront and honest as I can be?
0: I appreciate your honesty on the topic and the fact that you're at the forefront of this topic and leading it, it does say a lot about you. And I know that you wouldn't have it any other way. And the thought is, look, fans are going to have their opinions. Uh, At the end of the day, uh, you're the one running your program, and there's 350 others that that have that duty as well. What what I'm curious is, and this is the natural question from the 18- to 21-year-old, is they see kids in other sports have the ability to go from one school to the other and not have to sit out, and they think to themselves, well, why can't I do that? And then there is the item, Tom, where – if their head coach loses his job and that's who they were playing for, why can't they go to another school if there's another coach that they're more comfortable playing for?
1: Um, the second part of your question I've always agreed with. Okay. If a coach leaves, and maybe that'll cause some ADs, not the free firing coaches so fast either. If the coach leaves, I think the players should be able to leave and be eligible immediately. As far as other teams go, I think everybody should have to sit. I think you're just going to have chaos. We got thousand people transferring now, and number three on that would be this. So do they want to be treated like all those other sports in every way, shape, or form? Because football and basketball um, get treated pretty good. You know, they don't have to go through some of the things that a volleyball or that a soccer, or softball, or baseball or wrestler has to go through. You know, so. I mean, I appreciate the arguments. Um, I understand them. Um, you know, I have my opinion. Uh, people have theirs. I have some good friends, very good friends, that have completely different opinions on this. The only thing I would say to you or anybody else is, um, have we really watched the kids? And, all you know, it came out that, like, I think there's been one kid in the last seven years that has transferred and gone on to the NBA. You know, all these kids think that's where they're going. I mean, are, are we? If we get a bunch of transfers, are we going to graduate the same amount of kids? Because when you transfer, you lose credit hours. Sitting out of year helps you pick those back up. Other other sports aren't maybe traveling as much. Um, you know, there's different opinions, and uh, I just think that in life in general, if any one of us could just leave, you know, they, there's a couple of people out there say, well, coaches can leave. I mean. I can tell you that I had a couple NBA offers and my buyout was huge, you know. Um, and, um, you know, so a lot of times coaches are, uh, you know, not leaving like people think they are. And and you know what? If they want to put more stipulations in for coaches, that'd be fine with me too. I mean, I really believe that. So I'm a, a different bird on this. I, I just think this. I don't care for me, John. I do not care. I'll be fine. I'm going to have a good team. If two guys leave, I'll find two more guys. It's the players that I worry about. It's the players that come out early because they got bad advice from people. It's the players that transfer, you know, and then all of a sudden they want to transfer back. I mean, there's so many war stories out there because people make decisions quickly. And uh, so I I appreciate all your arguments and I agree, but well, but you t- should be down here in the basement with us sometime and see these kids and see what they say five years later. And, um, cause they're all good arguments. You know, well, Tom, like I, said, I got great friends that feel that way.
0: Tom, let me clarify. Let, let me say this here. Number one, I could never do a percentage of what you've done throughout your career. Um, I, I have no, I don't envy coaches in this sport at all where there are already around a thousand transfers in the sport and it's a state of chaos. And like you said, Players not telling their head coaches or not having that discussion—that's professionalism. That's it's quote the right thing to do. It it, it is. Second off, uh, my playing days extend to St. Bernadette in in Westlake, Ohio, grade school basketball. So I, I would say I would say this to you: I don't have a dog in this fight, and I wasn't even trying. To, these these are I don't have a dog in this fight, so I'm not making any side of an argument. You know I have national colleagues who certainly have different sides and different agendas on this topic. I was just curious for more or less playing a little devil's advocate to see what your thoughts were on these things. But here's the thing. You just laid out your explanation. You didn't just say what you thought, but you put together things that made sense as to why you think that way. So I appreciate your candidates.
1: If I could could finish this,
0: number one, I, I was half kidding you.
1: Because I wouldn't do this interview if I didn't respect you. But number two, um, as I said, um, I would like people if they ever said, "Well, why does Tom Izzo not like it?" I'd, I'd, I'd like him to say, "Because he's for the kids," and that is opposite of what everybody thinks, you know. But I got a lot of good colleagues. I mean, I'm on a committee with some the the elite of the elite coaches, and I mean, people. We haven't even talked about the NLI. I mean. Uh, Oh, or the NIL, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, if if that's going to be fair and what's going on, you know, um, I mean, what seems great, you know, let's get the players more money. I agree. I'm always for that. I'm always for helping them. But I'm, I'm also realistic that, you know, this isn't going to be even close to an even playing field. And in my mind, I think it was Jay Wright that said it. You know, that's go to the pros you know i i i I think there's there's room for different levels but i uh i want players not to be starving here but i also think part of how you became successful i know at 29 years old still being a graduate assistant that's almost un-american to be that old and being a ga but i know what dues i paid and i think it benefited me not only in my job just in my life and uh I think so many people are skipping the process, hmm. and uh, and that scares me. I mean, you just said it with a lot of passion. Just think, a kid can go over to my uh, girl over here in uh, compliance, sign a, something, and I could find out a day later that he's transferring. And, you know, it might have been over the dumbest thing. You know, maybe it was a mistake. Maybe it was something You wouldn't do that at all in your life. You know, that's not the way things are in the world. Uh, You you wouldn't want to be that way. You wouldn't do your job that way. You wouldn't handle your family that way. But, uh, and if there are coaches, this is another good point that probably some of your colleagues bring up that try to strong arm the kid like they used to try to strong arm people for your grades. Well, we should do what we should do with some of the other people in the country that don't do their job. Fire them. Don't you know, get rid of them. But don't make rules to 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 kind of hurt the kids in the long run because I that's what I feel. That's my own personal opinion. You've got nobody to blame but myself.
0: Really compelling topic, and it's drawing a lot of interest nationally. Uh, another topic, Tom, that's just come down here this evening as we record this interview, Sports Illustrated's Pat Forty reporting that NCAA vice president of basketball, Dan Gavitt, has asked conferences to consider starting basketball season two weeks early, up to October 27th, because of campus schedules changing and a lot of closures happening starting around Thanksgiving and then towards that Christmas holiday, students getting off their campuses by Thanksgiving. What are your thoughts on a potential schedule move up?
1: Well, first of all, Dan Gavitt says it. I'm I'm for it. I think Dan Gavitt is one of the great minds in our game. His dad was an incredible, incredible person, uh, and did so much for the Big East. And Dan has been a not only a friend, but he's been a, a real good liaison between the NCA and and college coaches. And uh, I think he's got a you know brilliant mind, and he's uh, he's just a good person. There's not a there's not a selfish bone in that man's body. So, um, you know, we've all talked about these things. I'm on a couple of committees with him. But I think all these things could be true. You know, we just don't know. John, it's so hard for me to sit here. Um, you know, we brought our kids back a little early. Some are bringing them back in the in, uh, end of July. I don't know what the right answer is. You know, I don't want my kids on the streets in some of the cities they live in. But I don't want them. Here, if they're not comfortable you know and so we don't even get to touch them but at least they got a place to work out and at least they can get tested and we can get good medical care but this pandemic is like nothing we've seen and uh i think we've done an injustice to act like the young kids are immune to it in a way and we're starting to find out that the last three weeks have just skyrocketed so uh again i want to do what's ever best for the players and. Uh, and the students in general. And I think Dan is is trying to search for some of those things. And I I take my hat off. If he says it, I'm I think I'm aboard, whatever it is.
0: Tom, it's been a pleasure to have you on Full Core Press this week. I really appreciate the time. And we've ended each show. I've typically thanked the the real MVPs out there during this time, all those healthcare professionals, all those doctors. Well, instead of me doing it, the stage is yours, Coach Izzo. For you to to give a thanks to all those people and send a message to everybody out there.
1: Well, I appreciate that, John, and all I'd like to say is you know in athletics, and I've been in it, you know, I've been here, you know, thirty-six years, which is hard to believe from a GA on up, but or seven even. I don't even, remember. but but I would say this that you know athletes are, are a lot of times the word hero is bestowed upon them. You know, he's my hero. He's my hero. And then you, you know, I spent a lot of time with our military. We've done a lot of different things, including hoops with the troops. That has been an unbelievable experience for me. And but watching these doctors and nurses, and you know, some of these nurses and frontline workers, the the ambulance drivers, the people that don't get paid the big dollars, and yet are saving our lives, is tear-jerking. And so uh, I, like you, would like to salute them all. I like to tell you that you truly are my hero, and I've God, I got Magic Johnson as one of my heroes, and I, I I I don't think he'd mind me saying that we put these people above any athlete, about above anybody, because on a daily basis they have just done an incredible, incredible job, and uh, most of them with families of their own that they're sacrificing so. Athletes should learn from our frontline workers what sacrifice, what accountability and all those things really are. So my hat's off and I thank you for giving me a chance and I know you've probably done an incredible job too because we all appreciate it.
0: Tom, be well. God bless. Hope your family stays well. Best wishes to you and your program going forward and thanks for spending the time. Congrats on everything you continue to do. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.